You're listening to Green Business with Impact. Your host is Jasper Steinhausen. Welcome to the podcast Green Business with Impact. This is the last podcast in this season. So far, I've had seven business leaders from well-established smaller or medium-sized companies as my guests. They have all started their sustainability journey, made some progress, and can see the road ahead of them. We end this season with Lena Emsen Lachenmeier, who's CEO of a company called Kufora. Kufora develops and produces products for people with bowel problems. We're talking simple to use products that people could use at home without professional support. And just a piece of full disclosure here, Kufora is currently a client of mine that I support with discovering and creating their pathway going forward on sustainability. Lena is a big picture thinker with an understanding of the power of a clear vision and mission and thereby a story to tell. And through the work I've done so far with them, I've discovered that Lena has a lot on her mind also when it comes to sustainability. So I thought it would be interesting to end the season with perhaps a few bigger picture perspectives. Kofora has been around for 14 years, but Lena still characterizes as having a startup spirit and calls it a small big company. This means that they are global in reach and thinking, and its closest competitor is a large, well-established company with approximately 15,000 people. So sometimes they must act like a big company, even though they themselves are a scale-up with just 80 people. A growing company in a growing market. But what is sustainability to such a company? And what role can and should it play in their scaling up? Well, that's some of the questions we touch upon in this interview. So please welcome Lena Emsen Lachenmeier from Kufora. So Lena, welcome to the podcast. I uh, would like to head it off with a question sort of in the bigger scale. So what is your expectations to, uh, to the role of sustainability in the future marketplace? Well, I think um, initially it's also interesting for me to maybe define what I mean with sustainability. Um, I think my um, definition of sustainability is uh, that it all is concerning human health. Also interesting because sometimes when we discuss it in our own company, um, a lot of times when you say sustainability um, and, and in Danish bæredygtighed, um, people very often turn to uh, words like environment and and it's not untrue uh, but personally I think that sustainability is um, is a much broader and a much I don't know higher term I don't know if that even is a word that exists but it's about uh, ensuring uh, human life, uh in generations so um protecting the human race is i think the highest purpose of the word sustainability and the reason why i say that is because i think it's evident that humans are on top of the food chain and it's in humans hands everything that lives and dies and then you can agree or not agree that that's a good idea. Uh, and I, I won't put put words to that, but I think we are overall responsible for everything on this planet and, you know, the survival of this planet. So when you see it, that um, responsibility, I think that's the question, how we can ensure that that um, that we take some kind of higher society responsibility. How how are we going to make sure that we that we lift or uh, increase the perspective to something that's bigger than ourselves, that is more holistic than just for me and my family or my business, but sometimes look bigger rather than sub-optimizing. So it has to be about seeing things in a bigger perspective, being responsible for something that's bigger than yourself. And, 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 and that's the whole challenge because humans 
tend to not be able to do that. Yeah, with, with that being your understanding of sustainability, uh, which makes a lot of sense, is the market in sync with your way of viewing it? Or are, is the request you get from the market more sort of tiny bits and pieces of the overall puzzle that you just laid out? Yeah, I think there are always two impulses. There's the correct impulse where we all say the correct things and ask for the correct things and and understand things in a bigger perspective and we know what's true and right to say. And then there's reality. And what I've learned is, uh, and also with my background as, as you know, uh, in, in economics and what I actually believe in, in the, in the real, uh, how do you say, market forces or commercial market forces, is that, that there is an internal request for growth. And if you, it's kind of what you kind of sometimes say, like grow or die, uh, invest or divest. These are phrases, I think, that come from something that's really, um, can you say, really real, super real. It's like, it, it is because this is the human um, quest is to keep on uh, evolving and growing and pursuing the next real opportunity. And th- then you can say, are, are we growing ourselves to death? And we might, but what if we say that this is the challenge, that we ensure this human quest for growth while doing it in a sustainable manner? Um, so I, I actually believe that that is also what the business market wants. They all want to grow and it's not commercially necessarily, but they want to go to the next level of um, pursuing, you know, needs or uh, doing things in a, in a better way. And so is that then better for uh, me or for society. And that's, I think that's the balance we have to take and say this pursuing uh, a sustainable growth, because I think we, we cannot fight that it will need to be, we have a few people in the world who say, oh, now I'm back in the forest and I live off uh, berries and I teach my kids to make wood. And, I'm, and, and But that's not, that's going to be one, that's going to be five people in the world. The rest... They want also have a car. They all want to have a maybe next a flying car. Or they, so how can we make this happen in a way that's sustainable so that it ensures the life of future generations? So I think that's sustainability. And do my business partners uh, request that from me? I think to the extent, yes, where they are obliged to ask for it so any behavioral change that's going to happen i think will be more or less forced by regulations because people have no real intent in changing anything themselves for themselves because i'm only interested in me and my little family I'd like to ask you a follow-up question on that because not not actually on where you ended on the market forces. We we might get back to that, but I w- but you you say and it's about making better products, better solutions, and then it's the balance of if if better means better for me <laughs> or better for all. Do you do you see that having this view as a way of developing your business, developing your products and solutions and offerings? Is it possible to utilize this way of viewing your world to actually make better solutions that, you know, that makes you more competitive simply because it's better solutions for, uh, for, for all, including for, for the me part of your clients? Yeah. So I, I think that's the whole, I think those people who think, you know, differently are going to make a real change in this world. And, and for people who know me, it's, it's no uh, um, secret that I'm 
truly inspired by Elon Musk because I think he is going to truly make a difference to the world. And But is it then intentionally or is it unintentionally by making um, one purpose come true, you can actually raise the level or um, the entire game on the way to a higher purpose, you know? So what I'm um, kind of learned from him is, um, uh, so I, I don't necessarily agree in the whole assumption to the change he's going to make that this planet is, is gone. So let's uh, find a way where um, the human race can survive on a different planet. And then he said, I, I need to make a sustainable force to get me out in space and, and stay there for months and months without having energy to drive it. And then he came up with um, the whole uh, Tesla journey. That's actually just, uh, you know, a, uh, step, a stepping, stone. A stepping yeah. stone on the way to getting there, which is then actually truly making a, a complete difference to to the way that we utilize energy. And um, so, but I think it is people who have this, this, these really higher visions for something that's going to truly make a difference. Um, and and I think in um, in that respect, I think sustainability is um, it it has to be much more than just the environment because the environment in itself will not give you enough fans to give you return on investments in it. It has to be something about the human race. And even though it can, I think no, none of us thought it was a realistic uh, target to put people on Mars. But uh, everybody can understand this about saving the human race. And and that's why in, uh, in Kufora we are, um, we are mostly focusing on the UN goals because it's all about, you know, improving conditions for the human race. And if we can do so by also making it a sustainable long journey for the human race to save the existence foundation for many generations, that's where it becomes something people want to invest in. Not to just get cleaner water. We had that for years and years. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about just, you know, something, uh, more trees in Brazil. But if you, you, you need kind of a pandemic where it threatens the health of humans to have an impact on environment... So is what you're saying is that it's important to connect. I mean, you can you say the the sustainable development goals. You have these 17 or 16 of these are sort of subject matters, uh, and about half of them goes to the ecosystem, and the other half roughly goes to to the more social side, perhaps you could say. But all of these, also the environmental parts, are prerequisites to making sure you get thriving generations for company i mean if we don't have drinking water we won't survive so so they are sort of they against stepping stones or they are the foundations without a stable climate without drinking water without 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 we won't be able to make it but what you're saying is that the important part is to make sure you translate you could say and connect the dots for people because if you just say drinking water nobody cares if you say human lives, people listen. Is that sort of your conclusion? Yeah, that's my conclusion, that that to do the right thing and that we all feel more responsible for a greater society, world society, we have to see how it impacts me or my children. You know, in principle, and I'm not talking about me, but I don't even care about my neighbor's children. It's crazy. So I have to have this extremely personal mate. Um, 
because like, yeah, I'm just I'm so surprised how this pandemic was the best thing we could do for the environment at all. And for years we tried to, you know, make CO2 quotes or and then it just happened that the big countries bought each other's quotes or nobody really cared about why we had to lower the CO2. It just became a game on buying and selling quotes. And so so then we kind of say, okay, th- that didn't work. Um, and I, I think it's not because people are evil. It's because it's very difficult to um, to sometimes, you know, uh, widen your perspective. My husband once uh, uh, worked in uh, corn production, DLG. Um, and then they had a big order about uh, producing and selling corn to uh, third world uh, third uh, world countries, uh, rising development, uh, rising economies. How do you say that in the in the best way nowadays? Um, because it it then had to contain a lot of vitamins to ensure that people they had maybe not so much to eat, but it was enriched with vitamins. Um, and then the production director found out that so the the process is to first you 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 boil it, then you you fry it, and then you peel it, and then you make it into wheat, and then you make it into to uh, flour and so on. But then he found out that he could uh, uh, save I don't know ten cents per whatever hundred kilos if he turned the process around where he f- fried it first and then peeled it or whatever. Um, the only problem was that it then fried all the vitamins out. That was kind of the whole purpose. But yeah, he saved a little money and so he did. So they sent all these wheat or flour uh, with no vitamins and that was the only intent of why he had <laughs> the assignment. And is it is that the is it just an example of the only extremely evil person on earth? Uh, no, it's how people think, because uh, probably he could lose his job if he didn't meet his economic goals. So you have to put things into the context of where people are going to drive it for you, or see it as barriers. And I, I don't have the answer to how this is. But uh, I think when you, you, you start looking at examples like Tesla and see, okay, so it was actually because, you know, this planet is doomed. Let's go to another one. I'll make some rockets, but first I have to find the technology. And then came electric cars. And in 2030, nobody's going to drive anything else. So So how can we make... And he's now the richest person on earth, but he invests maybe most in in his vision. But how can we make things, you know, um, the synergies of things turning into a, a higher purpose where it makes sense, people are going to invest, and it's better for uh, human health, and then it will be better for the planet health. And I think that's how I see sustainability is, look, at a healthy planet to ensure a healthy human race then it will then people will see the different tasks as important i understand where you get at and i think it, it it's it's a nice way of framing it um i'd like to have a look at this from a kufora point of view um because you actually work with products for people's health. So how do you make, you know, that big picture and the connection you just laid out, how does that work for you sort of at a daily basis or when you are thinking about how do we work with sustainability best here at Kufora? I think one of the most important, so we picked out four of the UN goals. Um, to be the ones that we will work with. Um, and I think one of them is is probably also one of the one that um, the former President Obama said that that's going to be one of the biggest risk factors uh, in the world today is, uh, I think he said it was economic 
inequalities that is so dangerous if we don't manage that. Um, and it's the UN goal number 10, <clears throat> less inequalities or fewer, in English, fewer inequalities. And that's one of the main drivers of our business, actually, because if you look at it, we work for the people with more or less hidden chronic conditions are discriminated uh, in society. They're discriminated because if they don't get the help they need, they won't be able to take on a complete normal job, um, you know, have value to society. And I think that's the most important is in all societies is that all your citizens need to feel and be valuable to society. And if you are not valuable to society, you're, um, you're maybe more cost. And most people would like to make a positive impact in their lives. And if, and some, at point, maybe if you are a baby or you're old or, um, in other circumstances, you might get other roles than just producing for this growth that I talked about. Um, and that's fine. But people in their best age, um, I think if they don't feel that they contribute anymore, um, that that's uh, both psychologically and physically very constraining. So we need to make sure that people can contribute on the level that it makes sense uh, to society. And it's not all to to just work or pick apples or dig potatoes up. It can be creating art or it can all kinds of things, but it, yeah, it they have a value. role in society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, so our, our highest purpose is to make sure that people with chronic conditions um, can keep on contributing to society. Um, and in this perspective, we will get, um, we get, a, a, I don't know, a healthy, I don't know, a healthy and a team oriented spirit where, where people are just, you know, um, more in, um, how do you, I don't know, in sin and it's this positivity that you need for everybody to have a happy and a, and a good existence. But how do you then use the whole sustainability agenda as a way to sort of improve that? You know, how would I see, if I look at your product compared to some other alternative, how would I be able to see that you know, all the thinking you've been laying out here is embedded in how you work with product development? First of all, we use a methodology to make user-involved uh, innovation. And that's both the, the real users of the product, but also the ones who prescribe the products. And um, by involving them in, in, in a long phase and many steps of product development, uh, we really get into the essence of what the needs are either as a user or a prescriber, but also as a payer. And I think that's maybe an interesting part of medical device business. is uh, possibly quite different than many others because we have many different customers. And one of the most important customers we have are the payers because people don't pay for their own products. Uh, they are reimbursed by um, the healthcare authorities in different countries. So these healthcare authorities need to be convinced that this product is of a, a real contribution to society. And, um, and in that aspect, we found it more and more important to um, argue how this creates um, a possible upside that people can stay at work Stay make uh, stay at 
you know, making these normal functions that is expected from people in a, in a society. So many of our, um, you can say, clinical papers or the evidence we produce, the data sets we produce are related to um, proving less inequality. That with this product, you have uh, fewer visits to a hospital, which is uh, very expensive. I mean, if you have a chronic condition, you will probably see a specialized unit in a hospital much more frequent um, than any other person without a chronic condition. So a lot of your hospital um, uh, resources are probably uh, directed at a, maybe a, a, a smaller part of, of your society. And those with chronic conditions already kind of, it's kind of you have a tagline of extremely expensive citizen. Um, but if we can lower this expense of you having a chronic condition, um, that's, that's a big contribution to society. And remember that people with the, uh, how do you say, the population pyramids, we know that in most Western countries, people will get older and older. And we know that... Um, yeah, the proportion of people. Yeah. So we will have an, a bigger elderly population and they will live for many years, but they will have a lot of conditions. They will have trouble seeing, they will have trouble maybe uh, walking, and they will have trouble managing their bowels. And so, but it doesn't mean that they don't have the right to a long and fruitful uh, elderdom. I don't know what that is in English. Um, and so we can, we can help as a company to make sure that people have access to products that lowers the economic burden of these people getting older and older. So that's the financial side. It makes sense that you, and that there is a clear connection between your product and the financial side for that part of your customer chain, basically, the ones who are paying. Um, and and you can see that there is a, I mean, you come from that, you can have a chain, as I hear you, from your inequality to economics for them for towards a better life for the individual person. Um, but I know you also have a focus on some of the more sort of environmental side of the sustainability term. So again, if I, you know, what's the role of, of the environmental side in when when you think about your sort of mission or your your way of developing your products again if i look at your product compared to somebody else what are you how are you sort of trying to factor in the again these environmental surroundings that's part of making that healthy yeah. uh, healthy life for people on the planet yeah so so what we do we make uh, plastic devices and, um, and we know the challenge for us is that we have made uh, some projections that in a few years from now, we're going to make many, many more plastic devices. <laughs> That's the whole business. Um, and so how, how are we going to, to solve this to keep on producing more and more plastic? And at the same time, because everybody says, yeah, but then you can make things uh, reusable or uh, kind of, you know, try to change the paradigm of, of the products. And, and I think it's, it's a super complex area. It's super complex because what you see is that, again, human health is um, trumping um, environmental um, how do you say, issues in that way. 
that yeah piece of plastic is less yeah, important so than the overall yeah. maybe plastic in itself is maybe one of the biggest drivers of human health because a lot of medical device is made of plastic and it's not always a sinner to make plastic uh, but if we say okay our target is to make five times as much plastic then then i think it's then we again we have to look at it in a bigger perspective and say uh okay uh, what kind of plastic uh, are there any other ways but just to say then let's make it so uh sturdy or firm that it can be reused for generations and generations um but that's a, going against the trends right now in the in the hospital industries because if you looked at it there for years and i think maybe we all tried to be in the hospital where they have these uh dishwashers that wash all these um appliances from surgical appliances to uh, the things that you pee in or uh, everything in the hospital was washed and washed and washed and they found out that that is actually environmentally extremely wrong so they now have uh, at least um, in a big hospital in Denmark their new trend is they want only uh, single use so it's uh, one time use and throw away all this washing um, and also handling so many bacterias across many departments in the hospitals, it's a complete no-go. So everything goes towards single use so that you don't spread bacterias and, um, and use millions of boiling uh, liters of water to, to wash and wash and wash. Um, so, so things are extremely complex. So I think what our biggest task is, to understand how we do things right uh, and not make drastic, quick, but nonsense decisions. Um, and how do you do that? Well, we have to engage with people who have knowledge. Um, and, and we can't, in a, such a small company as we are, we, we can't have environmentally material people who knows everything in the world across all the countries where we where we live in and i think also if i think it's very difficult but what we have is i think what's what's driving us especially are the people we hire so the young people we get into our development organization and our marketing organization they are um they are very um how do you say, focused on trying to make more sustainable solutions in the world, both at home, at work, and in uh, the innovations they make. So I think they are going to drive a lot of the thinking because they come in with an attitude of wanting to change the development of how we run this planet. So just by having younger people in, I think you'll you'll have a lot of drive for them to pursue information about how to make things the correct way. And is there, you know, when, when you have these young people coming in with this clear sort of direction for what they want to do in life, how does that correlate to that bigger picture vision in your head um, do they support each other? Are they sort of, or, or do you feel like that become a mis mismatch because they, you know, you have this, it all has to go down to human health and they might come in with a climate change is where my focus is, for instance. So do you find a way or how do you find a way? Because you have to, I guess, how do you sort of connect the dots? When you have young people coming in and you have that picture you painted for us. I, yeah. I think first of all, in many of them in their education, they have been uh, learning much more than the rest of us learned while we were taking our education. So the ones who come from uh, the technical universities, it's been part of their um, fundamental knowledge base 
to understand sustainability in materials, in production in a much more holistic way. Um, so already there, they come with an agenda that the rest of us didn't get when we were studying. When I was studying, the you know the most highest points of the agenda was about economic fraud. It was about it was about you know all these economic collapses, uh, Wall Street, um, it, and we were hiring um, attorneys. It was all about getting the contracts right and and making sure that we weren't in, in economic problems. I remember people getting 25 years of prison for taking a couple of millions krona in, in tax fraud and so on. So that was huge at that moment. Yeah, it's a different thing they come with today. It's a different focus there. Yeah. Yeah, it has affected the the, the companies from, from then to now. Now they come in with a different agenda. And um, and that just has an impact. And and personally, I'm I'm extremely open to the minds of young people. Um, they are the future, and and in our canteen completely is different now. We have uh, kale and vegan food, and um, we don't mow the lawn because they get sad about that. And 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 I'm like I'm all up for it as. They come with the future. They have uh, an incredible mind for change. And the most important thing I can do is to listen to the young people. Um, so how about the environment? Yeah, and I think it will be maybe gradually improvements from our part. Um, we definitely don't have the investment funds like Tesla has Um or SpaceX. So we have to do what we can do and still survive and and do right. But Lena, is it always just the story or is it also a matter of tying whatever you do on sustainability onto solving the kind of problems either you or your customers is facing in a better way? I think, for, you know, if I see myself as a customer of a billion uh, products in the world, I am uninformed about most things. I believe in the stories I'm told because I cannot know. I cannot know if this carbon is the right thing or if this emission, you know. I, I Personally, I, I was one of the first to invest in an electric car. And it was mostly because I was standing up in, in some Austrian mountain. It was so beautiful. And then all these cars coming with their pollu- polluting emissions. And I couldn't breathe. And I was like, this is crazy. This is I, You can't take a run in Copenhagen without getting lung cancer. There's something crazy about it. So I, I just thought, electric cars, that's the thing. Um, and then... All the uh, cynical critics—they were like, "Yeah, but it's—it's very polluting to produce it, so it's not really better." Or, "Yeah, but you can't really get from A to B." And and at some point, you just have to invest in the idea and the story, because the more people who will invest there and really make the difference. So it has a more positive outcome also on the production and on all the other factors. Then the difference will come. You can't sit behind and just say, until I have all the facts, I will not act. I will not act on this until it makes 100% sense for me. You have to kind of invest in the idea and then innovation will come where the investments are made. So that's why I think the customers, they they are at a certain point, uninformed about the whole thing. I don't know if it is four or five years that is the tipping point of where it makes sense for an electrical car. I can never know. Is it one? Is it 17 years? I don't know. I can only believe in the stories I believe in. And the same thing is for our customers. We, we all believe in the stories. And it's not stories like fairy tales. It can be super true stories. But it's, it is the story of, do, you, do we see the same mission? 
Do we have the same vision? Do we want to go there? There can be many, many, I don't know, routes and deroutes to getting there. But if we believe in the vision and the mission. So, so does that mean that you at Kufora, <clears throat> does, does that mean that you at Kufora spend, and, and you perhaps as being on top of it, do you spend uh, a significant time or energy on on sort of telling your mission? I mean, because you say here it's important that we are on the same and we can only believe in where in, in what we know. So, so is that a significant part of your work to sort of tell what is the mission we're on? Yeah. I, I so think it you... should be much bigger. It should be much bigger because I, I think it is without people buying in to our vision, mm, we just like anybody else. It, it is the vision that people buy into, and and we are. Th- and, and what is the vision at your point? What what is it that you would like people to buy into? I think I want most of all. I want them to buy into that. It, theoretically said less equality and more health for you and for your future generations on a more um, personal note it is um, to be able to live the life you want I can tell you a life being sick is not the best life so we want to ensure healthy lives to give you the life you want for you and your future generations. So that means that if it's also for your future generations, then you must make sure that, for example, what I think is like the coal industry is is like something that should have been a much shorter chapter in, in humans' life. It can't be on unsustainable resources that where you delete the life of your future generations. So you need to ensure the life of future generations. And so our products must make you healthy to make real contribution to society, to improve lives and health and also healthy planet for future generations. So it's it's because without the people, you won't make it. You won't we we won't make it as a as a race. But it's, I think it's a really you know it's a really beautiful way of framing it and a beautiful mission to say you you know you have that i'm solving a specific problem for you right now but i also want to make sure that you and your kids that there's going to be a nice safe planet for you and your kids as well um so so that's your story that's your mission um do you, how does people respond to that when you say that in whatever sort of shape or form? <laughs> but when you come out with this story, do you feel that it's engaging? Because people who, if it's customers or if it's future potential uh, talent or partners or whatever, wherever you go out with the story, what what kind of reaction do you get to it? I, I think today, much more than just 10, 15 years ago, this is a story that people buy into. This is one of our uh, missions to untapperize the area of bowel management. And hopefully it is because it's in a culture where other things are also more openly. Um, just with this company, we don't have the vision of changing the entire world. <laughs> Could be great. But we start with the bowel. And is that maybe one of the most important things? It might be because uh, the bowel is probably the organ where all human energy comes from. It is the machine room of all your energy comes from a healthy bowel. So if you don't- and is that he- healthy, productive person in a healthy, productive on a healthy, productive planet. I, I guess that's kind of the synthesis of what you are saying, right? It is simply the catalyzer for all energy in the human body. I know there's something, that, the brain, without the brain, we're finished. But without the bowel function, we're probably finished as well. So so I think it's, um, it's maybe one of the, I don't know, best choices in my life 
is to work to ensure that people have a healthy bowel because without that, there is no energy to change the world. No energy. Do you ever wonder how solid a foundation you have for creating a competitive edge out of your effort on sustainability? Here's how to find out. I've created a free assessment tool for you where you can score yourself on the five principles you must master to gain a competitive edge using circular economy. So just answer 30 quickfire questions, get your score and get recommendations for your next steps to improve your foundation. It's free and it only takes a few minutes. You find it by going to greenprofit.scoreapp.com. As I asked you on earlier, if you see that you know there are ways to to actually make better solutions by viewing your product and your development through this. And you said yes to that. So hopefully some of these people coming in with more specific knowledge on say alternative materials or ways of producing, or you know, you can actually make superior solutions by you know, by you sort of holding that overall frame and them being able to fill it out with the specific knowledge you ha- they have. But do, do you see that as a way going forward? Is that what's happening? Yeah, that's what's happening. That's, I think that's what's happening. The, the thing is that everybody who works here works under the condition that we are small. We're small company. We're agile. We are not um, listed on any stock exchange. So we have some freedom to operate. And the people I think that we um, attract to this company are extremely motivated by our way of working. That if we, it's almost if we take a decision today, we can implement it on Thursday. It, that's very different to our bigger competitors who are um, very, um, how do you say, constrained by external shareholders and the expectations for profit and for every quarter they need to um, deliver results Um, meaning we could maybe uh, compromise profits for several quarters because we suddenly have a good idea so do you have examples of that where you're sort of saying we're going down this pathway to pursue this opportunity, knowing that you know that's going to affect us and our cash flow and results in the next couple of quarters. So in principle, we have right now an example of that we initiated a sustainability project because remember that three out of four of our UN goals are about health. But the last one is, of course, about uh, production and consumption. Or, of course, but we are production-oriented uh, company. Um, so we kind of said, so what this gradual improvements, what can we do right now, very quick, something that's not 2045, uh, but right now? Uh, and we said that's, that's definitely about packaging. And um, because it's packaging and transportation. And so we initiated a a project about um, understanding the whole process of packaging and and logistics about sending our products from our production sites to the customers. Um, And it's, it's something that's very difficult to see right now where is the turnover or the profit in that project? So it's it's some it's it's a very difficult project to actually keep alive in a period of extreme inflation increases um, with increasing transportation costs. If if it weren't because that you put a very concrete goal to it. Why do we have a project about sustainability when everything right now screams to just, you know, secure your losses, secure your losses? Um, if you can't see that in, in two and a half years from now, we will benefit from spending the money now, the money we don't have. We don't have the money now because we gave it all to Maersk 
to transport our goods to something that if you change packaging now, it will be implemented in the in the market in one and a half years from now because you have to first you know buy the boxes, pack the products, ship it, store it, blah blah. So it's so easy to down prioritize these projects because it will never make sense in a quarter's time. Uh, so you have to be, ex- I don't know, so good at telling the organization why this is something that we have to do because in two and a half years from now, if we haven't started this now, everybody will say, why don't we have this solution now? But on the next two and a half years, everybody will look at that project and say, why don't we close that project? Because we really need the money for something else. Um, so who's guarding that? Is that you or who in Kufora is guarding that long-term vision, making sure that you allocate the resources now? Yeah, it has to be top. And you have to put almost your job on the line for things that are on paper right now crazy. Now, this is maybe not a crazy project. No, but it's a cost driver right now in a time where where we are looking at all cost drivers. So because what are you not going to do? What instead are you not going to do instead of sustainability? And and I'm telling you that, uh, what is it, just before the the war in Ukraine, um, sustainability was maybe the most important thing you you could work on. And then came the war in Ukraine. And if you talk about, you know, yeah, but maybe, you know, we should um, uh, do things on on a different cardboard in production. Uh, not actually, it will increase your cost, but maybe the customers will think that's a good thing to do. You sound crazy. You do sound crazy. So you have to have a very good storytelling. And I think that's what, coming back to Elon Musk. He's a fantastic storyteller because you have to get your story right and not just, hey, we had this great idea because that great idea will die the first time you see a new natural barrier like a war or a pandemic. It has to have a higher purpose and it has to survive all these things. I would like to ask you one sort of final question that's to the role of it because you've we've we've covered a lot of interesting stuff on your sort of how this all plays together and and the role of the different components and how it all sort of ties back into to people um and and both sort of the yeah whatever you do directly for people but also everything supporting it and and as you also said it it's not really enough that it's okay for people in this generation we do have kids a lot of us uh, and uh, perhaps even grandchildren or expecting to get it or so so it, it's that sort of direct line in but but uh, in general you know you could basically we all people often talk about that there is that, that there is the role of, of government and you also mentioned it er, earlier on a bit uh, that perhaps there's a need for more regulation and then there is the, the marketplace and then there is business and if you sort of see those as a three big drivers uh, to sort of make the transition of a society into a more sustainable one. If that's sort of the, the frame for it, what what role do you see that business has as one of these three components in making sure that we that we transition to a more sustainable society than we have today? I think an equal role as um, um, how do you say, the more legislative society and the more NGO-related society. I think the business is what makes it come true. Coming back to this about um, the human's need for eternal growth, um, that will probably come from the businesses. Uh, so we are the supply, and uh, but it's supply and demand. And uh, in principle, I think the businesses will supply anything that is in demand. So 
who's going to control the demand side. Um, and I think that's that's more into to different governments. And this about continuous storytelling about also from the businesses. I think you can you can definitely be part of changing the demand uh, towards a more sustainable demand. And you will as a business if there is business in it. Otherwise, I don't think you will. Um, so, for example, us as a small company, uh, we there could be a lot of business in differentiating ourselves from our competitors in having a more strong or solid or maybe just a more unique angle to sustainability. And and that's what I think we will probably pursue. Some of our bigger competitors, they have difficulties changing the game quickly because they are just so big and the demands for economic profit is higher than anything else. Again, we have uh, a different uh, shareholder environment where it's much more recognized that there are different ways. So I think we will pursue that to make sure that it's a differentiator and then it goes along with our primary vision to increase increase human health, but also for future generations. That's where the environment comes in. And, and we can really act on that, but the storytelling is probably super important because it might mean that we will come out with products that look different. And in itself, it's difficult to be a smaller competitor and be so different without the story of why will I buy this very different package from you. What I earlier said about single-use versus reuse. Reuse is within the bowel area is a very, very difficult thing to handle in a household. So that's why we are, in many ways, we are against reusing um, equipment for bowel matters because it's not necessarily or probably very healthy. Yeah, so it's more a matter of recycling the material than reusing in-house. Yeah, yeah. we don't think that people should have a whole family attending bathrooms where you are recycling fecal matters. Um, we know from the COVID that it was uh, detected in, in the fecal matters that you could actually see the... The bacteria, and so so it's it, in many areas, it is not also respectful of people in 2022 to have to like wash diapers uh, and handle fecal matters where you brush your teeth and so on. So so we just we think that, and if we can't make that in a way that makes sense, then maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we're not the best to do it. So challenges make that make sense because i think it is if if you're not the best to do the things that you're doing then probably you have no right doing it so so that's why we have to keep challenging ourselves to be better but don't handle fecal matters in the sink where you handle your toothbrush that's just our opinion you can have another opinion that's fine um so then, then let's see by working for example with the people who are experts in this field about um, using appliances in a, in a way that makes sense. For example, what, if, what about if you don't want people to reuse things, then make it obvious that these elements or um, subjects are not for reuse. For example, after use, they change color, um, they dissolve. Um, it looks like something you want to throw out. Um, 
But if you keep making equipment that looks like it could hold for 100 years, maybe longer than your bicycle, then it's not obvious for the consumer that you should throw it away. Yeah, so you've got to underpin the right choices through yeah. the design of your product. Yeah. So that's the challenge. So let's let's have people work on that. Um, and and th at the end, it if it's not too crazy, people will probably buy from you rather than your competitor. Um, but they need to understand why did you make this look rusten after use? The competitors don't, you know. So you have to have a machine that can help you change the game. So that's where we have to be. We can be agile because we're small, but we can also, we have to make in a tempo that fits the way we can communicate our journey because of our size and because we are uh, maybe not the ones with the biggest share of voice. So it sounds like you have a combination of a, you, you're building a, a clear story, a clear mission, and that seems to be very, that's sort of the cornerstone of the journey you're on and of winning, I guess, the battle. And then because you're smaller, more agile, and your owner structure, you actually have the capacity to take on some of the environments of challenges, but the ones that are meaningful, the ones that you can actually do something about, um, but then react and act on those better than some of your very la significantly larger uh, competitors. And then it actually comes down to sort of making sure that all these great employees you get in, that you actually give them the room to create the products that are getting healthier and more productive people on a healthier, more productive planet. So that's the task you have ahead. Yeah, it's quite simple, but it's, um, I think it's interesting because it's a, bit, it's a bit about the size and the scale of the company that on one hand, it's very appropriate that we are not so big. And on the other hand, it is super inappropriate that we're not so big. And, but yeah, it's, it's just the challenge of all SMEs, right? That the, the upside is the agility, and the downside is the uh, how big a hammer do we have when you when you hit the market? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, but again, I think it's more with us more than maybe in a very big company. The whole difference is with the people you hire. Everything comes down to the people that you work with, but can be external partners. Everything comes down to that. Every single person here makes an incredible difference. And um, so, that's, so hiring and retaining the right people, I think maybe, and this is, is most important, and the whole uh, organizational development in a, in a growing company like ours, to make sure that um, that they will drive these things rather than me sitting and and thinking about this. Um, yeah, so that's it's it's a very interesting task, and it's it's very interesting task to see how uh, the world is going to to keep developing on this area because I think there's a lot of um, you know, uh, uninteresting talks about words like this sustainability word is we have to be careful. It's not being washed out already, um, but we have to get more in depth with what it means rather than just people saying sustainability. That's why for me, it's, it's, I, 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 I don't talk about it that much. I talk much more about down to two areas or what it concerns uh, about like like health 
um, that's for me is, is important because I, I can see that we keep having misunderstandings that sustainability is only about environment and it will improve environment if you think about a healthy generations on a healthy planet. And I think, Lena, I think that's a really nice place to to end here because you basically come full circle from where you started oh, nice. showing right. why <laughs> and how it all connects. Uh, so, so I think I would like to end it here. I think, uh, and thank you so much for a lot of interesting perspectives. Um, thank you for the talk. It's, it's been my pleasure. So, um, so thank you so much for your time. And uh, look forward to following uh, where Kufora will be heading uh, and filling out that role that you just laid out for us in, in yeah. the years to come. It's a lot, yeah, a lot of things to do. <laughs> yeah, thank you for today. Thank you so much. <laughs> bye bye. You've listened to Green Business with Impact. You can get more insight on how to create circular business on bwimpact.com. If you want to get in touch, you are very welcome to connect with Jasper on LinkedIn. Just type in Jasper Steinhausen. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions for future podcast episodes, please contact Jasper, J-S, at bwimpact.com. <laughs>